friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Imagine what Montreal will feel like if they win both these games at home. Your home for the Stanley Cup playoffs is right here on Sportsnet, and we have got you covered on a breaking news type of day. Countdown to Game 3 is on as every playoff night begins right here on Tim and Friends, and it includes the breaking news. As mentioned, Habs head coach Dom Ducharme was sent home as irregularities in his COVID test came up this morning, it is now being reported within the last couple of hours that Ducharme is believed to be COVID positive and won't be behind the bench. Eric Engels said that he has reached out to Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, who says at this point it's not anticipated the game will need to be postponed. Obviously, we will be all over this for the next two and a half hours. That's right, we're doing an extra 30 minutes for you going to Ron McLean and our crew. And we will need our friends today. Jesse Rubinoff, as always, scouring the internet for the absolute latest. Listen, we're going to cover a couple of other things, including Shai Davidi after more Blue Jays heartbreak and a cavalcade of guests before we hand it off to Ron McLean and the NHL on Sportsnet crew. That includes Maxime Lapierre, Elliot Friedman, Justin Bourne, Eric Engels, as well as the entire NHL on Sportsnet panel. Eric Angles, and because of Angles, I'm guessing the greatest tickling of the ivories, the absolute magic, the legendary Diane B. Bow will join us as well. For those that are new to the program, every time we have Eric Angles on on a game day, something happens. Usually a couple words into his first sentence, Diane B. Bow starts in on the classics, some Elton John, maybe some Zeppelin, of course, some Petit de Celine Dion. For example, this is what happened when we last talked to him. Is it the case that as soon as we started on cue, Dan Bibo started playing the organ? Is that true? Did I just hear that? She is she is rocking right now. <laughs> All right. She's uh, got the Bon Jovi going. Is it true she wasn't playing before we started this segment? It is absolutely true. We were a little worried about it, but right on cue, yeah. here she is. So we've had angles on since, my apologies. And even Sixero knows. He tweeted this after he left the show. I will never get tired of Deanne Bebo firing up the organ in Montreal right before every Eric Angles hit on Tim and Friends. So we'll have to see if that works out. But obviously, we've got bigger fish to fry and we've also got a later date with Deanne this time uh, because of the fact that the game starts at 8 p.m. Eastern. But I want to get back to the news of the day out of Montreal. Earlier today, head coach Dom Ducharme had some irregularities in the COVID test, was sent home to isolate, and then was tested again. According to reports, it is believed that he tested positive for COVID-19 and will not be participating in Game 3 tonight. According to Eric Engels, he is double-vaxxed as of June 9th, and the team was in the bubble in Vegas. Just hotel and arena. His assistants are Alex Burrows and Luke Richardson. Goalie coach Sean Burke uh, could join the bench 
as well. We're expecting to hear from Habs GM Mark Bergevin at around 6 Eastern time. We're also planning to take that live. Not sure if the NHL will address this in the next hour or so, but if they do, rest assured, we will bring that to you as well. Obviously, Jesse, the concern is to make sure that Ducharme is good and make sure that all of the neg- the players are negative, which is presumed because yeah. all players and coaches are tested every day. Yeah, prior to, we we saw this when I saw the story first. I remembered that prior to Game Six between the Avs and the Golden Knights, Avs head coach Jared Bednar was sent home prior to morning skate because there were irregularities in his COVID test. Right. So at first I was thinking, okay, maybe it's a false positive or something. And now Elliot has obviously tweeted out that it's believed that Ducharme, in fact, did test positive for COVID-19. So it just kind of, uh, I guess, a bit of a surprise when you had seen it happen just a week ago with a head coach in the National Hockey League. And now um, it appears that he has, in fact, tested positive. And it's just an extremely difficult break uh, for a team that was obviously trending in the right direction in the series that win a game on the road. Yeah, it changes the field to it changes this entire the field. game. Yeah, no? and you got to think, Timmy, um, it took a long time to get a Canadian team to travel across the border. It took 460 days right. to get a team to go across the border. And the first time they happened to go across the border, now I'm not, I don't, we don't know where he caught COVID. That's not what I'm saying, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the powers that be are going to be very happy that the Montreal Canadiens went down to Vegas and Ducharme now comes back and ultimately tests positive for COVID-19. For those wondering about the double vax date, June 9th, uh, from the CDC, it typically takes two weeks after vaccination for the Mm -hmm. body to build up protection immunity against the viruses uh, that cause COVID-19. You are not fully vaccinated until two weeks after the second dose of a two-dose vaccine or two weeks after a one-dose vaccine. Now, we're not sure at this point in time um, where he got it, when he got it, uh, what kind of vaccine he got. That's just the latest from the CDC based on the news from Eric Engels that he was double-vaxxed on June 9th. Yeah, it's very good sign that you showed the, uh, or you spoke about Eric Engels, who said that he spoke to Bill Daly that the game won't have to be postponed. And that's a really good sign, especially when you consider, Tim, that Ducharme is on a bench. You know, the, the camera pans to him a bunch, and, and I'm not criticizing him, but I'm saying there are times where he's not wearing his mask. Right. And you'd think, like, there's a lot going on. If he's not wearing the mask there, he's surrounded by people at all times. Right. He's in the dressing room, he's on the plane with the team. They're in Vegas. I know they weren't doing very much. They were going to the hotel and to the rink. So at least that's a little bit of a good sign that they're not postponing the game because I guess it implies that there's not some sort of mass event here. We, of course, we don't know the for sure details yet, but that seems we're like a little bit of a good sign. It, of course, but I, I think there might be a difference between what we saw in Vancouver yes. and what we have here, and that is that players will have been vaccinated. Yes. Uh, whether all of them are double vaxxed, whether all of them are vaxxed, Uh, I think we're going to sort through that over the next little while. But as we found out in Vancouver, you don't always know immediately. That's why there's so much concern right now surrounding this entire thing. Yeah, I don't think it should. I mean, it's incredibly disappointing for the Habs. But I don't think it needs to suck all the excitement that you have that's going to be happening in the building tonight. Because I don't think it will yet. The the team is is full of veterans as well. Like This is a, a different scenario that they probably haven't encountered Nobody at has. any point in yeah. their hockey career. However, you get, this is a team that's getting their P's and Q's from Shea Weber, 
from Carrie Price. Price Corey guys Perry. who are calm, cool, collected leaders who have been around the block before. So if you're taking your cues from Carrie Price, let's everybody just relax. We got a game to play. Yeah. We know our systems. Ducharme's important, but we know our systems. We know how we play. Let's get out there. Let's get the first goal. Right. And let's do our thing. If indeed it is just Dom Ducharme, mm -hmm. I think you're right. And those are two of the most cool, calm, and collected Absolutely, leaders yeah. in the game in Carey Price and Shea Weber. You've got Alex Burrows. You've got Sean Burke. You've got Luke Richardson. There's, they have systems in totally. place. However, we'll see from Mark Bergevin if there is anything more on the breaking news front or whether we'll get to game three tonight as planned. Uh, we're also going to hear probably from the NHL in the next little while just to make sure because I think there's a different spotlight on this than there would be a regular sure. season game where they may have just sat back and let things take place. I think we'll hear uh, from the NHL. So again, Mark Bergevin around 6 p.m. Eastern time. So about uh, 50 minutes from now, we'll, we'll hear from him. Um, we're going to try and take that live. Earlier today, this game three inspired a match game. And again, this was earlier today. <laughs> we threw the match game out there as the series shifted back to Montreal. Uh, we decided to use the man, the myth, the legend. And maybe we need a little bit more now from Ludwig Stremler and his now famous 2500. If you don't remember, here's a, a reminder. Yo, 2500 will feel like 25,000, I swear to God. So that spurred on the match game. Swear to God, tonight in Montreal will feel like blank. Now, has that changed in the last hour? Well, you alluded to it. Maybe a little bit, but that's okay. We're going to bring the positivity back up, right? That's what the match game does on a Friday. Did we add yo in front of the swear to God? Well, no, we didn't add yo. Ludwig added yo. He was the one who said it, not us. Well, it was yo and then swear to God, but we have gone yo, swear to God, tonight will yes. feel like blank. Yo, swear to God. Yo, swear to God, tonight in Montreal will feel okay, like Okay, so blank. let me ask you. Yeah. Your, your job, and you take it very seriously, is to scour the internet. Be honest with me here. Were all of the ones that you're about to read before the news of Dom Ducharme? No. No, actually, okay. they weren't. No, the first one I'm looking at wasn't. So okay. that's a that's a good sign. Okay. There's yeah. I mean, you're gonna have a couple that trickle in that are maybe a little bit on the negative side because of what happened with Dominic Duchamp. No, but that's hey, okay. listen. We, the, what we do here is we are a mirror of the people. 100%. Whatever they're feeling, we will be their mirror. We'll be their yeah. translator as always. So if they go a different way, don't don't yeah. avoid it. Look. Just because fans. the music is kind of corny and always cheesy. Yeah, and very, very positive. Like, I hear this and I, I want to smile. You want to smile. I, I get excited. Yeah, no. Habs fans are still going to be ready tonight. They are going to support their team. They know what's up. And they want to take part in the match game because the match game is fun. On Friday, it gets everyone I, ready I for, hear you for game three. Your, I hear you convincing yourself. I right might now. not. I don't say I'm genuine. <laughs> <laughs> you want to rifle through a couple here? Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so, the match game. As you said, yo, swear to God, tonight in Montreal will feel like, Daniel says, as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown in a bathtub. That's Ray Hudson. Ray Hudson, yeah. in fact. As electrifying as a hairdryer <laughs> thrown in a bathtub. That's pretty good Ray Hudson right there. Uh, Greg says, yo, swear to God, tonight in Montreal will feel like something Leaf fans have never experienced. Ooh, I got to say to me... So, Been a long time. Hold on. So you, you know how uh, usually in the match game, the, the blank is really all you need to put in the tweet, right? But because this is such an iconic quote now, 
people just wanted to write. Yo, swear, Yo, to, God. swear to God. Yeah. I like it. It's like people are like, I want to, I want to fit in with this guy. This guy seems cool. I'm gonna write. Yo, swear to God. Feels like this is one of those ones where you can be really creative. And now that we have the news about Dom Ducharme, I think it opens up to a, yes a lot more creativity. Definitely. So you might need to lose the Yo, swear to God <laughs> to fit all the characters in. But go ahead. Yo, swear to God. Tonight in Montreal will feel like around 20% of the Vegas crowd. Yep. <laughs> it's true. Yep. Might be uh, up there in terms of decibels, though. You never know. Uh, Doug says, yo, swear to God, tonight in Montreal, gonna feel like 1993, baby. You know what's funny is that going into today, I felt like there was a little bit of that magic. And I've mentioned it a bunch of times over. Seb, you've heard me talking about the 93 magic and how this team feels like it has a little bit of, of that magic. I hope that this news today is isolated. It's just Dom Ducharme. He's good. And maybe this adds to the magic of the occasion. Absolutely. And it's one of those things that you can look back on and say, this was part of the magical run that we had. This was part of the insanity. You would prefer that Dom Ducharme not have to deal with this, your team not have to deal with it, but it's part of the adversity of, of the magic of getting to where we want to get to. to I, listen, I don't want to get into playing a doctor on TV, but part of the reason that you're vaccinated is that even if you get it, you don't have as many symptoms Absolutely. as you would if you weren't vaccinated. And let's hope so, that's the case for yeah. Dom Ducharme, for sure. And our buddy, Ludwig Stremler. Oh, did he? Wrote in, decided to say, yo, swear to God, tonight in Montreal will feel like crazy. It will feel like. I wonder if he's going to be out doing streeters again. <laughs> Because <laughs> he, he might have to give us another clip. I've seen like everyone is using that clip. Yeah, everybody. It's is getting using the Tatar treatment. It is getting. It's. It's. I think it's advanced like, past the. Are you saying that you think we're gonna have like a little bubble? The button here is mm. gonna have to be. Yo, swear to God. I'd say. But it, it's it's separated. Like, like what? How do you get on the iPad? Director Rob Zito, can you cue uh, up uh, Ludwig one more time so that everyone can hear if this should end up on a button on our iPad? Mm. Let me know when you've got it ready because I believe that you have it separated. So which part do you take if you're going to put it on the iPad as a drop? Can I, I, can I know exactly what mine what? would be. It would be the yo, swear to God. It's like a mind blown. Okay, let me. It's kind of like the mind blowing. Let me listen one more time. Yeah. Me, go ahead, Robbie. Yo, twenty five hundred will feel like twenty five thousand. I swear uh, to God. Uh, See what I'm it's saying? Separated because it's separated. It's separated. Yeah. yeah, that that yeah that makes it a lot more difficult. It sounded great coming out of your mouth. Yeah. But then when I thought about it, so now it's on him. <laughs> we can get him to do it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Or we can just take swear to God. We're, no, no, we're going to have to get him to do it again. My mother is upset Look, right now. Yeah. You should never swear to God. Yeah, how many times Timothy, have you said it in a row? Yeah. Don't say swear to God. <laughs> That's like 25 times you've said it already. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, so Ludwig will finish it off for us. However, if you have your match game, send it in. Uh, we will get to it. We will get to all the latest on what seems like. And I think he got it. Like, this yeah. is now turning into a crazy day. Hopefully... All is good, and we move forward, and it's just the isolation of Dominic Ducharme. But that's 10 days. Like, kill the match game music. We're done for now. <laughs> we'll come back to it later. No more but, positivity right now. No, no. I, I'm just saying 
the idea here is you would isolate for 10 days yeah. at least. So there's no head coach for the Montreal Canadiens for 10 days. Um, we will ask a bunch of people what that means. You will not be left wanting for hockey on today's show. In oh. fact, uh, for the Habs and hockey fans alike, we will go an extra half hour on today's show. Take you right up to Ron McLean, David Amber, and the entire crew of the NHL on Sportsnet. So lay down the remote. We got you covered. Uh, meanwhile, Jays start a three-game set in Baltimore tonight. That's on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and Sportsnet 1. Well, Sportsnet now. And the AL East cellar dwellers are just what the doctor ordered for a reeling Jays squad that is finding new ways to break hearts. Or just old ways. The bullpen. Yeah, the Jays blew another lead, allowing five runs after the sixth. Anthony Castro, the main reason for this meltdown. The Jays are now 33-34, and 34, under 500 for the first time since April 2nd. But it wasn't just... The bullpen this time around. The Jays rolled into the first ever one three six two five six triple play in Major League history. Not just that. Aaron Judge robbed a home run that would have made it 6-3 off the bat of Kevin Biggio. All this meant the Jays fans were pissed. And, Jesse, it seemed like they wanted the same from their manager, even though yesterday I told them, don't expect that. Here's yesterday. They want him to be this fired-up guy getting mad. That's not why he was brought on. That's not, not what he is. You're not going to get that from Charlie Montoyo. If you're no. looking for that from him, move on. What did you just do? That's a mic, a mic drop with a pen. Well, yeah, you, you, have, you have a mic, though. Yeah. Oh, well, so I'm not going to drop the mic. That's expensive. It's very expensive. It's a pen. Okay, is there that similar? All right. Yeah, it's the it, was, it was as if I saw into the future because Charlie hit a mic in Buffalo and touched off one of those Twitter fires by saying this after that nonsense last night. We're having fun. We're working hard. So, so you're the only one who's seen us, but that's what you know. people need to know. That's why I wish you guys were here so you can see it. I don't know how to say it, but you, you've seen us. We're working hard. We're taking on balls. We're trying to get better every day, and, and people are in a good mood. OMG, the masses can't hear that. Regulators mount up, and they did on Twitter. Software guy's dad on Twitter. Not kidding. With all due credit to Josh Donaldson, this isn't the have fun league. This is the get it done league. Look out. Jurors. An absolute ridiculous comment to make when you're on such a horrible losing streak, giving away wins to the other team each night. Vladdy sure hasn't looked like he's having fun once the seventh inning comes around. New manager, please. Paul Hope didn't have much. If they are having fun losing, that's a culture Charlie needs to change. Fans are allowed to have the you-have-to-be-as-mad-as-me moments. Even if that's way easier to say on Twitter and not when you're in charge of a really good young team that is still learning and basically playing every game on the road. Let alone have to walk into the clubhouse, hotel, plane, and bus with these kids every day. You can't just have fire and brimstone all the time. 
2021 has a problem distinguishing yelling and screaming with accountability. You can be held accountable in more ways than one. But I digress. I think people were distracted by the fun guys comment on Twitter and not the clip that I thought said a hell of a lot more about this team, what we're seeing, and Montoyo's mindset. This was about the judge catch not changing the game. We just couldn't stop him, so I don't think he changed the game. We just couldn't stop them, so it didn't change the game. After the bullpen—excuse me. After the bullpen questions, careful now. After the bullpen questions that got an f bomb out of Charlie on Tuesday, the little league base running is frustrating enough, but not being able to get somebody out in the last three innings. And Jesse, I told you we needed it on loop. They need help for the bullpen. Like Jay Z, Lincoln Park. What the hell are you waiting for? Shy Davidi will tell me if I'm smoking the devil's lettuce, or maybe. Just maybe I've been right for the last couple of weeks. All right, kids. Yo, swear to God, we're going to break. The lineup, though, is very nice. We're just getting started. Mark Bergevin, 6 p.m. Eastern. Elliot Friedman, Max Lapierre, Justin Bourne, Eric Engels, and many more coming up. But first, a little Blue Jays talk with Shai Davidi after this. To Hedman, shoots, blocks, rebound, scores! Braden Point, the Tampa Bay Lightning, come up with a 2-1 victory. And Tenacupo, oh! Flex on him, Giannis! And the crowd enjoying a 14-0 run. The series is tied at 3-3, and we'll have a game seven. We just couldn't stop him, so I don't think he changed the game. You've seen us. You know, we're having fun, we're working hard. It's my game, and I dictate how I want my balls to be rubbed up. Oh, no, look out. What a mistake. Can you believe that happened? The most unlikely of goals you will ever see. If you didn't do a good job of rubbing the balls the way I wanted them and I didn't feel like I was comfortable, I was going to do whatever. Watch what happens. That is Bryson DeChambeau in the background playfully jumping, having a bit of fun. play good except a couple innings today how about that for a triple play the craziest triple play that i have ever seen in my life you've seen us you know we're having fun we're working hard leaps and he makes the play what a play by john we just couldn't stop him so i don't think he changed the game stan hits it high and deep to right he got a fastball and he didn't miss it right now the need is in the bullpen it's gone on too long is it the has. answer you know, fans are talking about it we're working hard we're taking on balls we're trying to get better every day and, and people are in a good mood okay jays fans i know that you're upset let's do the therapy session together we're here for you and when i say we I mean, myself, Uncle Timmy, and our friend Shy Davidi. What's going on, Shy? How are you? I should charge. Uh, I should charge psychologist <laughs> rates for this. Uh, you should. It's, uh, it would up the pay around here. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you know, it would. It's part of the duty because uh, I've been talking a lot of people off the ledge in recent days. All right. So, the, where are we? Just for you on the ire slash frustration slash anger slash anger levels from Jays fans to where you get it. Uh, well, 
Okay, first off, on a personal level, I'd like them to stop ruining my stories because I don't want to have to rewrite them, uh, you know, with a couple innings to go. Uh, look, I, I think people are understandably frustrated. Like, this has been brutal, right? I mean, especially you, you lose four times in the last week when you've led through six innings. Like, you can't do that against the teams that you're trying to catch and surpass, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's bad. And understandably, the frustration level should be pretty high right now. I think the... The question becomes, you know, like, what do the Jays do with this? And should they lunge at this point? Because that's what it would take to make a deal of consequence. Like, you have to overpay and force somebody to make a trade right now. And I think that's the debate, like, you know, the, uh, that people should be having. Mm -hmm. You know, is it worth sacrificing an extra prospect or maybe a bigger prospect than you otherwise might in a month's time? Because the clock is ticking. Right. But you know what every fan will say. Oh, do it right away. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, mortgage the future. What? Well, yeah, without I, a, I'll never have to pay for this. Right. And this is this is what it's kind of a, such an interesting juxtaposition or contrast or whatever word you want to use because you have the fans saying, of course you do. And you have Spiro and Atkins who have come along and said, we are building a good farm system so that this can be replenished all the time. And here you are in the first year where it looks like you can be pretty good. I mean, last year, I guess you could add to that mix. But this year, you look like you can be pretty good if you just get a little bit of help. And that's going to be tested immediately. Right. And look, you know, this is you've got essentially you have to bridge the gap between now and when deals typically start happening, right? Which right. is, uh, you know, in about a month's time, month, month, five weeks from now, that's when trades are going to start taking place and teams are motivated to make deals. Right now, if you want to get someone to act, you have to overpay. And do you do that for this team in this moment, in this situation? And I think if you're looking at the position player core, you're looking at this roster, you're saying like, man, these guys have been busting their butts. They deserve it. 100% they deserve it. But then, you know, what are you doing to the, the window? You know, is this about one year or is this about five years? And I think this is what the Blue Jays front office is wrestling with. It's not what the fan base wants to hear. Certainly not what the players in that clubhouse want to hear. Uh, unless you're in the bullpen and you're like, I want to keep my job right now. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, I think the other element to this is like, will it correct a little bit? Because... This, these results have all come against the best teams in the American League. You know, you've got a window of opportunity over the next three weeks. Uh, 15 of your next 21 games are against teams under 500. Ten of those are with the Baltimore Orioles, which is like a gift from the heavens right now. Right. Uh, or and, not. Or, well. Because if mean, it goes the other way against the Baltimore Orioles, the poop's going to hit the fan. Well, I mean, at that point, you, you, I mean, at that point, you found out something that you probably didn't want to find out about your team. But, you know, if this roster as constituted can't handle the Baltimore Orioles, then, then I think at that point. But if you can't get anyone out past the sixth inning, like you could put up 10 and it doesn't matter. Like even, that was what was so damning about that comment that we just played mm -hmm. from Charlie Montoyo to me. Right. Was that 6-3 lead wasn't going to be good enough. And to me, you know, listen, the manager was brought in for a reason. He was brought in to be the guy who keeps things positive, who's smiling, and who brings this young team along. But I thought this week he turned to the front office and said, get me some help. 
Like, yeah. he did turn to the media and say, what else do you... Like, that early, earlier this week when he dropped the F-bomb, yes. that was, what else do you want me to do? Right. And that... I mean, I, I really think the comment yesterday, and I know people are freaking out about it, and and it definitely doesn't sound good, but what I think he was trying to do there, and, and maybe, he, you know, the execution wasn't... Uh, you know, he didn't land the triple axle there. Right. But... What I think he was trying to do there, that. it was like, uh, as a man who talks for a living. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done that. Yeah. Uh, I think what he was trying to do was trying to say, like, look, everything else is working. We can't close out games. And later he said that. I mean, he explicitly said, you know, we're doing everything, but we can't get that. We can't get the last outs in the last three innings. And at that point, I think he's taking. He's saying, look, our position players are good. Like they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're not getting dispirited by this. Yeah. But. We need some guys who can get outs in leverage. And even our starters. Like, right. you throw the starters into the mix because they've done a pretty good job right. as yeah. well. But you can't, you can't, you can't run from, from problems in your bullpen. No. Right? You can. So is there a market out there now that could be a halfway? Like, I heard you say bridge the gap. Like, and I saw people mention John Axford sure. in Puerto Rico was throwing, like, 95, 96. Yeah. Like, is there pieces that they could go out right now and get for help? Well, I think the two guys who were in the Olympic qualifying tournament that were possibly major league caliber were John Axford and David Robertson. I do believe the Blue Jays have some sort of interest in those guys. Uh, I think probably other teams are poking around right now, too, because it's free relief help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see where that lands. That may turn into something. It may turn into nothing. But, you know, those are two guys who have pitched and leveraged before. They're throwing the ball relatively well. I mean, it's not the highest level of baseball that you're going to get. You know, it's a, a real mixed grab at that tournament. So yeah. I, I don't know that either of those guys is going to come in and, you know, suddenly be, you know, you know, uh, Jonathan Luisa guy or something like that. But they but prob- better than what you got. Probably better than what you've got. Yeah. They, may, they both probably need some time in the minors to get sharp a little bit, too. So it's not an instant fix. But I think there's some value in your clubhouse where you sort of go and you add somebody. It was like, yeah, we're trying. You right. know what I mean? I think there's some value. I know some people overrate that. Co-host? Yes. I think the fan base would definitely love to hear that. Right. Uh, but uh, I, I do believe that some, that's one way that you can get around it. And maybe, you know, the other thing, too, you know, they're grinding on, on waivers. They're looking for any, anybody, anybody that wants to make a deal. You know, the Jays will jump up. But, you know, the, the sense that I've gotten is that they're just not willing to get held up right now. Okay, so I got two more quick ones. Could we see Nate Pearson or is he still trying to find it? No, I, I don't think that it's in a bullpen role. No. Nope. That right now, that is not on the table. I mean, I've asked it, I don't know, about a dozen times in the past week. Uh, and Not on the table. It, it doesn't seem to be. Uh, it, it would be a, a significant shift in, in philosophy if that happens. All right, let's talk philosophy. Because what I think the frustration centers on is people are demanding greatness now. Mm-hmm. And I get it. As a fan, you always want your team to be the best it possibly can be. Is it a little much that people are demanding greatness now from this team? I, I don't think greatness is unreasonable. And the reason I'm going to say that is, hmm. like, you look at their records against the Yankees, 6-6, six and six, uh, the Red Sox, 4-5, and five, I believe, and the Rays, 2-5. and five. And against those three teams, 
they have lost nine games, nine easily winnable games that with a couple better relievers turn into W's, right? Even if you split those in half, how much different do the standings look in that division? It's way more jumbled. And I think because of that, you're like, this team, and this is why I see some similarities to the 2015 club, is that that 2015 club was a mansion with a leaky basement. And then as soon as you patch the leaks in the basement, you're all of a sudden like, this is a mansion. (laughs) And I think it's similar with this team right now. You know, they've got some cracks in the foundation, and those are continually preventing them from enjoying the house and from using it up the, the way it should be. And, and it's not, it's not a, a major repair, you know. It's not like you have to completely redo things. But Let's you, get some super glue, right? I mean, you, well, yeah. <laughs> su, su, well, super glue is a loaded word right now yeah, for, yeah. for pitchers <laughs> of baseball. Attack, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, but, I mean, look, they get a little bit healthier, you know, and, and Ryan Barucki, Julian Merriweather, they're not, on a, they're not on the horizon, which is an issue. Yeah. You know, because those two guys could certainly make a difference. Uh, but, you know, if you can help out the bullpen, like, I mean, like, if you're counting on Anthony Castro and, you know, he's been, he, he's done, given the Blue Jays already more than you could have possibly wanted from a waiver claim. But, you know, if you're counting on a guy you claimed a waivers is just to be a guy in your 40 man and who, who, who you pushed off your 40 man during the offseason, same with Piamps, and you're counting on these yeah. guys to get you key yeah. outs, you know, you're way too far down your depth chart. Agreed. Uh, but that's interesting that you look at it as that 2015 team, because uh, I don't know if I was there yet. Like I just saw this young team growing and maybe a little bit of patience, but you may have uh, you may have got me leaning the other way. <laughs> All right, Jesse, uh, I hear you have some breaking news for us. I don't yeah. even know what it has to do with, but I just heard that you have some breaking news for us. The NHL has released a statement with regards to the Dominic Ducharme Figured situation, would, yeah. so we should read through it. A couple of details outlining uh, more about the situation. So uh, they said this morning we became aware that a test administered yesterday in Las Vegas on Montreal Canadiens head coach Dominic Ducharme indicated a presumptive positive result for the COVID-19 virus that was confirmed on further testing today. Coach Ducharme has been partially vaccinated with his second shot administered less than two weeks ago on June 9th. Per NHL COVID protocols, Coach Ducharme was immediately isolated from the team. All tests administered to the players, other coaches, and hockey staff from both yesterday and today have returned uniformly negative results, which is huge. The Canadians organization has and will continue to follow all guidelines aimed at protecting the health and safety of its players, staff, and community at large as set by the NHL, the Canadian federal government, the Quebec provincial government, and national and provincial health agencies. So that is the latest from the NHL on Dominic Ducharme. And one interesting point there, especially as they get a federal exemption to travel in and out of the United States, that the test was administered in Las Vegas. Eric Engel is also tweeting out, looks like it's game on at the Bell Center. That was just a couple minutes ago. So would imply that game three is going down tonight without Dominic Ducharme. It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, all of the negatives came from Vegas, and they would have been tested again today, so they'll have to look through those. Right, and this is an interesting test case, I think, if you're looking at how this is being handled, and it creates a bit of a precedent for 
when, in theory, the leagues are back in operating here under normal circumstances if something like this arises. You know, you get, you've got a little bit of a structure. Mm-hmm. You've gotten a process through to governments of how you get different levels of approval. So, you know, the, the Habs and the NHL are doing a little bit of uh, really uh, foundation laying right now for the other sports leagues. Uh, all right, we've got to take a break, but that is a very important point as we move forward without it. Thank you, Shai. Appreciate it. Pleasure all right, always. we got plenty more coming up from Montreal. Up next, our Friday tradition, best of the week game three Habs nights also on its way welcome back to Tim and friends game three between the Habs and Golden Knights coming up tonight on Sportsnet but the big story out of Montreal is that Habs head coach Dominic Ducharme has tested positive for COVID-19 and will not be available for tonight's game for the Montreal Canadiens. So we promised that uh, Mark Bergevin would be available around 6 p.m. Eastern time. They have moved that up to 545. So we're going to go to the Bell Centre and listen in to Mark Bergevin, general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, addressing the situation as, once again, breaking news, Dom Ducharme will not be behind the bench tonight. Merci beaucoup, Paul. Salut, Marc. J'espère que tu vas bien. Est-ce que tu as eu la chance de parler à Dominique? Comment va-t-il? Et d'après toi, pendant combien de temps, Marc, ton entraîneur devra s'absenter? OK, bien. J'ai parlé à Dominique à quelques reprises aujourd'hui. Il va bien. Pour ta deuxième question, Renaud, on est en contact avec Santé Québec et les protocoles de Ligue nationale. Alors, je ne peux pas dire exactement la période de temps que Dom ne sera pas disponible avec, euh, avec nous. Mark said that he talked to him a couple of times today and said that he does not know how long he'll be out. Mark, uh, what can you say about how the bench will be arranged today and are you able to just repeat what you said to Renault in English? Yeah, I've talked to Dom twice today. He's doing fine. He's at home. Uh, as far as how long he's going to be out, uh, we're dealing and talking to Health Quebec and also NHL protocol. So... Uh, it's an ongoing situation, so I can't tell you all along. As far as tonight, uh, Luke Richardson with, will run the bench with uh, Alex Burroughs and uh, Sean Burke. Uh, so that's going to be the setup for tonight's game. Merci, Paul. Salut, Marc. Est-ce que le fait que l'an passé, vous ayez vécu une situation similaire avec Claude Julien qui s'était absenté, même s'il y a beaucoup de joueurs qui n'étaient pas là, Ça peut être quelque chose qui peut vous aider dans, dans, dans cette mésaventure cette année. Je ne vois pas de, de rapport entre les deux. Les euh, circonstances sont pas mal différentes, mais je peux te garantir qu'on va être prêt ce soir pour le match. They asked if the situation with Claude Julien last year and his heart condition could be drawn upon here, and Mark said uh, hey, Mark, two different um, things. Just to clarify, and that they'll is, be ready for the match. Is adding Joel Bouchard to the staff temporarily a possibility? Like, is he in your bubble? Uh, as of right now, we're going to go with the people we have in place here. On va continuer avec Jean-François Chaumont. Salut, Matt. Tu m'entends bien? Oui, merci. OK. Juste, juste par curiosité, Dominique, il va être à l'écart pour quelques jours, on le sait, mais est-ce que ça va être possible pour Dom d'aider à distance? Penses-tu lui parler en chaque période? Les jours où il n'y a pas de match, est-ce que Dom peut planifier des rencontres par Zoom? Est-ce que c'est des, des possibilités pour pour garder Dominique actif pendant, pendant les journées où il devra s'absenter. Can the coach help oui, from a distance? Uh, question. Question. Uh, 
En ce moment, ce matin, il est en contact avec les instructeurs, préparer le, le plan de match. Puis, euh, je te dirai pas en les périodes, been, non, mais euh, sûrement après le match et demain euh, pour, euh, pour se préparer pour le, le, le match 4. Alors, euh, pour l'instant, il est en contact de la maison, mais il est impliqué avec He's in contact les choses from home. qui vont se passer, le plan de match. Uh, and a part of the Guillaume planning for the game. Oui, allô, Marc. Euh, J'aimerais simplement savoir ce que vous avez euh, plaidé, si on veut, pour avoir le droit de, de tenir le match, parce qu'on devine que Dominique a quand même été en contact proche avec, avec des joueurs, avec d'autres coachs dans l'avion, peu importe. Donc, qu que, comment que ça s'est joué de ce côté-là? Non, on était clair euh, et transparent avec la situation. Puis, euh, la Ligue nationale et euh, Santé Québec sont confortables avec aller de l'avant avec le match ce soir. On n'a pas plaidé pour rien. On était vraiment clair et transparent avec la situation. He said that both the league and the public health in Quebec are good with the game going forward. Oui, Marc, euh, euh, dans le sens du contact tracing, puis euh, de la façon qu'on fait ça quand il y a un cas, euh, est-ce que, est que vous avez un sens de comment c'est arrivé? Euh, et puis les inquiétudes, euh, c'est sûr que les tests sont bien été aujourd'hui avec l'équipe, mais le, le jour au jour. Talking about the non, j'ai euh, as far as uh, contact tracing, uh, on a donné toutes les informations, mais uh, tu regardes récemment, il y a eu des cas uh, comme à Toronto, uh, je crois William Nylander, il a, il a voyagé avec l'équipe, a patiné matin, puis ils l'ont mis de côté pour une période, mais le, le match s'est poursuivi, puis la même chose, je crois, avec Calgary, Josh. Uh, Josh Levo, je ne suis pas certain si c'est lui ou pas un joueur de Calgary. Encore là, un match avant, avant qu'on les dispute avec les Flames, puis ils ont mis le joueur à l'écart. Alors, le, la Ligue a toutes les informations, puis ils sont confortables. Puis encore là, ce n'est pas quelque chose d'isolé. C'est arrivé dans le passé, cette saison, avec deux équipes dans la division du Nord aussi. OK, merci. OK, bien, merci à tous. Bon That last question, uh, he was asked basically uh, about how the protocols were faced and uh, what was going through the protocols, and he said basically the league has all of the information and they have decided that they are good to go. Justin Bourne has joined me in studio. He was supposed to join uh, just after 6 p.m. Eastern, but given the circumstances, <laughs> jumping in a little bit earlier. Uh, the immediate question for a hockey guy is, how does this change what the Montreal Canadiens are doing for this game three, mm. and how does it affect the dressing room to know that, holy crap, our head coach isn't going to be available? You know, the temptation is probably to overreact to it and think that things are going to be wildly different. I mean, their systems are in place. Everything is everything is set and everyone knows how to play. Right. What will be different is, in general, in the NHL, and I believe it's the same with the Canadians, the head coach will run the forwards, and then they have a guy running the D, I think Luke Richardson. Yeah. So Luke Richardson's going to run the forward group now, I would say is quite likely, and, and Alex Burroughs would take over the D. It's possible to keep Richardson on the D, but I, I would be surprised because he has head coaching experience, and I think he's probably more comfortable with that role. Right. Burroughs, I don't think, runs uh, one side of the offense or D. Sean Burke could actually run the D, too, because it looks like he's going to join the bench. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. I If I had to bet what happens, I, I bet it's Richardson forwards and then... Yeah, Burroughs. Burroughs has been on the bench, so right. I, I think he'll probably run the D. So I guess what to keep uh, an eye on is f how the D are deployed differently. That's very possible that it is differently. And the other thing is, like, the D have been weird for Montreal because Petrie's hurt. He's playing, but he's not playing as many minutes. He only played 20 minutes last game, which is weird for him. Mm -hmm. Weber played 24. Uh, Sherratt played, like, 28. So the D were being deployed very specifically and carefully. 
And so now it's being handed to Alex Burroughs, who has never done this before. Right. So it's possible if there's some something goes wrong, it would be on the back end, I imagine. So how important during my amateur translation of that news conference? <laughs> Very good, I thought. I can't believe <laughs> just glossed over that. French, that seemed perfect. I, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, however, they were talking a little bit about how you run this bench and and what ends up happening here. And they said that Dom Ducharme has been in contact with the team from home over the phone. Can you make your last-minute adjustments over the phone and then just let everyone know what was said and how we yeah. are going about this? I don't think so, and I actually don't think it's a particularly healthy way to do it. Like, at some point, you have to trust that the other people there know what they're doing as well and have been a part of it all the way along. Um, I think what Ducharme could help them do is, yes, after warm-ups or something, say, here's what the other team's lines look like, and then set your game plan a little bit. Are, are you know, they're the home team. Are we trying to hard match this line or that line? Um, and then prepare from there. So set the game plan ahead of time. He can help. But I think once puck drops, he's there's nothing he can do. The one thing about once puck drops, Montreal has been wonderful yeah. at starting the hockey game. And you wonder if this affects it in any way, shape, or form. I don't know if he was given Al Pacino speeches from any given Probably. Sunday. Probably not, but uh, the proof is in the pudding. The Habs have outscored opponents 12-3 in their opening periods of 13 games, and Vegas has been outscored 15-8. Huge, the starts. We'll see if they get off to one. We're going to take a quick break, but obviously we are taking you through next hour and a half, 7.30 Eastern, Game 3, Habs Golden Knights with a little bit of a twist. Breaking news here on Tim and Friends. Justin Bourne and I continue next. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Justin Bourne in studio. Back hour number two. Friday edition of Tim and Friends Game 3 between the Habs and Golden Knights goes tonight in Montreal. We will be with you on Sportsnet right up until Hockey Central, 7.30 Eastern time. Ron McLean and the crew will take over. Until then, we've got you covered. Elliot Friedman, Max Lapierre, Eric Engels all coming up. But first, the big news out of Montreal this morning was that Dominic Ducharme was not at the morning skate due to irregularities in his COVID-19 test. This afternoon, we learned that Ducharme has tested positive and will not be behind the bench Tonight, Justin Bourne, as mentioned, has joined me in studio and did so early, and I appreciate that a ton. The one thing that I haven't brought up as we had this conversation for the first hour was Dominic Ducharme's positive test, according to the NHL, came in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. There was 18,000 people around that arena right. in Las Vegas. There's no way to contract, contact trace this. No. And it's just insane to me that it would be just Dominic Ducharme. Like, if it is that setting that they're all in, I, I don't know. This is a, I guess it's a weird one. It's, you know, we almost had this happen with Jared Bednar in Colorado. Yeah. He tested, he had a false positive the morning before a big game. Uh, this is the real deal. Why do they say irregularities, by the way? Did I think that was to cover off in case it was a false, false positive. positive. Okay. They didn't want to say positive, so they say irregularities, hoping they'll get a couple negatives right. back. Okay. That makes sense. But, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's impossible to know where it came from or where it ended up, and that's just, I think, the NHL and the world now is just kind of accepted because the fans in Vegas didn't all have to be vaccinated. No. 
And they don't have to. There's not like a, I think the Islanders at one point or baseball teams had like unvaccinated sections. Right. So I don't think Vegas had that. So I don't know. Uh, we'll have to do some more research on that. And the other thing, like I've been saying this for a while, like NBA crowds, like they have courtside fans and players that aren't vaccinated. And I don't bring that up to scare people into thinking, oh, we're going to have a bunch of COVID positive tests, but we're going to have to go through this as we move forward in the entire sports world if we're going to have those who aren't vaccinated and those that are vaccinated mm-hmm. playing together. Well, and I know it's, you know, they're... And in the stadiums. Yeah. And what about, like, the players that don't want to do this? Like, you see all the reports in other sports where yep. 85% of the team needs to be vaccinated uh, to meet certain requirements so they can take off their masks and eat together. And there right. are guys like Cole Beasley right now who's, like, openly, like, it ain't happening. Without a doubt, I think that if people knew how many players aren't vaccinated, I think they'd be a little bit shocked. Yeah. Uh, all right, listen, there's plenty to get through here, but here is Mark Bergevin a little earlier on. Uh, about 15 minutes ago, addressing the media in Montreal on the situation regarding his head coach not being available and Luke Richardson taking over behind the bench. I've talked to Dump twice today. He's doing fine. He's at home. Uh, as far as how long he's going to be out, uh, we're dealing and talking to Health Quebec and also NHL protocol. So uh, it's an ongoing situation, so I can't tell you how long. As far as tonight, uh, Luke Richardson would, will run the bench with uh, Alex Burroughs and uh, Sean Burke. So there you have it. Uh, They have been in contact. It seems like he is doing fine uh, as of right now. And uh, it'll be Luke Richardson behind the bench, a team that has wonderful starts and has been a big part Mm -hmm. of why they've been able to make this run. We'll have to do it without their head coach. I think this can become a rallying point for a team where you just – you know, it's a different thing, and, uh, you know, there might be a couple guys who don't love the way Ducharme uses them or the way he looks at them and might be a little freeing for those guys, but you can always pull together that one day where things are different. It's it's when you're asked to do it over and over and over. If you believe Ducharme's the best guy for the job, that it's trouble, but for one night, I think the forward group's going to be fine. I am curious to see what happens with the defense and how their usage is different over the, this game compared to previous. Uh, for those asking how long he'll be out, Mark Bergevin said they weren't sure In the past, it's been 10 days, but given the fact that he's double vaccinated, we may go back to a Glaber Torres situation in Major League Baseball where he was double vaxxed, had a positive, returned a couple of negative tests, and ended up only being out for seven days. So those are the variables in this one and maybe the comparables in this one. But Dom. That's exactly it. I thought we did sports here. Uh, Let's bring Sean Reynolds into the conversation. Sean is live in Montreal, and this was going to be the hit, Sean, where we asked you about the euphoric nature of La Belle Provence in a moment like this. Has it been quelled at all by the news of Dom Ducharme? Yeah, I don't know if it's the news of Dom Ducharme or if it's the rain. It's probably a combination of both. I mean, I was here in the last series, and you can see I was here when it went from code red to code orange. You could see the restrictions slowly being lifted, life kind of returning more and more back to normal. And then, you know, something like this happens. This city is consumed by what's happening with the Montreal Canadiens right now and their head coach getting knocked out the way he's been knocked out of this game. It's just kind of a realization that when you think you're out of this thing, you're not. So, yeah, the street it's a little less busy than the last time I was here. I'm going to pitch that maybe it's the rain and that's the biggest part of this. But, you know, uh, the city's consumed by what's happening with the Canadians and everyone knows about Dom Ducharme and the situation is one that is on everyone's mind. 
Sean, I'm trying to suss out what to expect from this defense group in terms of ice time. How healthy or how much can we expect to see Jeff Petrie and Shea Weber? Last game, they both played significantly less than I would have expected, less than Sherratt. Um, I know they'll be run by a different bench boss tonight, I imagine. How much can will be health if there's less ice time? Do you know where they stand right now? Well, I think that's the beauty of the defense core that they have and that they're able to lean on guys like Ben Sherratt and Joel Edmondson in situations like this. I think it's kind of a day-to-day -day situation and how those guys are feeling on the bench and in the moment. And that's one of the things with this team is the depth that they've been able to create. You know, we're at the practice this morning, the pregame skate, and you take a look at some of the names that are on that taxi squad. And, you know, we don't even talk about them getting in the series. Guys like Michael Froelich, who could come in and play such a significant role for this team if they were needed. It's interesting, the depth up and down the lineup. It's funny, I've been thinking about this Dominic Ducharme situation. Sorry to bring it back to that, but it's strange because we've got Luke Richardson who's going to step in as the head coach. He's got no head coaching experience at the NHL level, yes, at the AHL level, but it's really the one area of this Montreal Canadiens team where they don't have ridiculous depth is on the coaching staff, and you got to wonder if that's a situation that if they saw this coming, I know Kirk Muller they had, they let him go, but having a, you know, a trusted uh, backup coach or an assistant coach who'd spent some time behind a bench in a head coaching capacity, boy, it's something you'd think that the Canadians could really lean on right now. Speaking of head coaches, I know Peter DeBoer did not want to get in on anything having to do with the availability of Chandler Stevenson yesterday. Did we hear any more today? And uh, I don't think it looks like he's going to play. Yeah, my expectation is that he's not going to play, and Alex Tuck, uh, from everything we've seen, is going to be moving up into that spot, which is interesting against this Montreal Canadiens team that, you know, went up against the Winnipeg Jets, went up against the Toronto Maple Leafs, two teams that lost significant offensive forces in those series, and a lot of times what happens is teams like the Vegas Golden Knights look to be doing tonight by moving Alex Tuck up in between Pacioretty and Stone. They're kind of pushing all their chips in on on that one line, but Montreal's got Phil Dano and his line, and they've really been a heat seeker to the other team's stars throughout this situation. So you really got to wonder, you know, with their coach being out, the Canadians could use a break, and maybe that break is the fact that it looks like, uh, to a degree, the Vegas Knights, uh, Golden Knights, may be playing into the Canadians' hands by putting all their chips on that one line, allowing Philip Dano to do what Philip Dano does. Go ahead. No. I was just going to ask you about my, my favorite topic on the Canadians, Cole Caulfield, and how he's progressed over the, para, uh, the playoffs, in your opinion. I just feel like he's so dynamic, and it's about to break for him every time I watch the game. Uh, one goal in the postseason so far. Have you seen progress in his performance for the Canadians? Oh, uh, most definitely. And I mean, I think having him on a line with Nick Suzuki, you'd think it would be dangerous having two young players like that on a line, giving them the significant minutes and tasks that they've been given. But I think Suzuki is the exact guy you want modeling yourself after if you're Cole Caulfield. They've got such uh, confidence, those two players, and such a willingness to you know try things on the ice, uh, but at the same time be d defensively aware. And I think that's a very, very tricky balance for an NHL player who's been in the league for 10 years to pull off never mind a kid who's been around for just you know a couple of months at the most and in Suzuki's case just his second year but he showed last season in the playoffs Nick Suzuki that he was capable of finding that line and walking it he's doing it again this time around and I really do think Cole Caulfield is just walking that line perfectly uh, and the Canadians are reaping the benefits the other part of the factor that I didn't bring up here is that we're a little earlier 
Like we're two hours before game time, so it may end up filling up behind you. Maybe we're just a little too early to the party here, Sean. Uh, that could be the case. Again, the rain, I don't know if it's going to scare people away, but believe me, uh, 2,500 people in the building the last time I was here for game four, I was blown away how loud that big of a building that 2,500 fans could make it that loud. So 3,500, I'm expecting uh, it to be impressive once again. Yo, swear to God, it's going to be loud. Uh, appreciate you <laughs> as always, Mr. Reynolds. Thanks, guys. There's Sean. Sean Reynolds in uh, Montreal. He brought up the tuck situation and related it back to the Toronto series, and it kind of rang a bell because Montreal did such a great job yeah. on the Leafs' top line that I wondered if Peter DeBoer might avoid lining up against that Philip Deneau line because of how well they are, mm -hmm. uh, how, how well they play defensively. Do you like the idea of putting Tuck on that line, or do yeah. you think they can power through? You know, it's, it's almost like there's an arrogance. Well, a, I think a needed arrogance in sports where you just say, our best could beat their best. He's <laughs> Philip Deneau. You know, like, go ahead and stop Austin Matthews, and then he stops Austin Matthews, and you're like, oh, <laughs> right. I see. Um, but he's... You know, we are getting a bit of an education that this guy is the real deal, like it happened against Winnipeg. You know, Nathan McKinnon, in an interview earlier this year, was asked about the toughest guys, I think, on a Spit and Chickles podcast or something, mm -hmm. and he said, Phil Deneau, like, this guy's the guy. So I'm almost at the point where I would change my tune. Normally, I'd say, put your best guys out there and make them stop your best yeah, guys. Pose your will. But, I'm all about that, right, yeah. But this guy might be, he might be different. He might be the guy that you got to say, all right, we're going to have to dance around him a little bit. The rest of the team we think we can handle, but Deneau's just been so good. It's funny because you watch these teams from afar and you don't really realize what a guy like Chandler Stevenson can bring yeah. until you start watching them up close. Like, that is a big loss for this Las Vegas team. Yeah, and, you know, it's savvy that they picked him up. I think he was just wasted space to the yeah. Washington Capitals, and um, they found the value of him there, and he is a legitimate number one center in the NHL. He's probably the least well-known, talented number one center in the league. It, it's a big loss. So let me ask you this, because I, I noticed a couple questions about the defense of Montreal. Are you worried about their top four being able to sustain against a Vegas team that forechecks as hard as they do? And Yes, and I've been worried about it this whole postseason when I look at their team, and I, I, I'll be honest, I can't make sense of the Canadians. Every year there's a team in playoffs, it was the Dallas Stars for me last year, that right. I'm like, they're going to lose tonight, they're going to lose tonight, and they just keep winning. Keep and playing. there's something that beyond what... I'm seeing and I think others are seeing in terms of their, whether it's camaraderie or some intangible thing that I'm missing because I look at that D group and go, I just, I don't, I'm not sure how that's happening, but they keep being so effective. So, hey, credit to them at some point. Tyler Toffoli riding an eight game point streak. Um, I would say, tell me again why the Canucks didn't keep him, but I don't want to do that to Canucks fans. <laughs> that horse is just beaten to death. Eh? Oh, my Four goodness. Canucks fans. It's just, but it's it's unbelievable that they waited, they they paused, and you're seeing, listen, you saw it right out of the gate from Tavoli. He had a wonderful year. He slowed down a little bit late, but they also had some injuries. This postseason, he's been a horse. Yeah. Well, you know, I love Bieksa talking about him. and just says, some guys are just hockey players. Like, he's a hockey player. He's not the fastest guy. He's got a great shot, sure, but, like, not the biggest, not the meanest. He's just a hockey player. He can play in traffic, give him a look, and he can bury it. Exceptional. By the way, look at that list. If I had told you at the start of the postseason three of their top six scores would be, like, Perry, Stahl, and Armia, you'd have been like, yeah, they're going to last four games. <laughs> <laughs> but here they are getting uh, goals from Joel Armia and making it work. I remember Sixero came on after the Leafs series, and we figured it wasn't a uh, – 
Leafs funeral without having Sid Sixero on. And he came on and he goes, uh, Habs are going to get killed by the Jets. Eric Stahl's not beating the Jets. And there's Eric Stahl out there doing Eric Stahl (laughs) things. I just love the way the Montreal Canadiens, and when you looked at that, listen, I was told when Armia left Winnipeg, if you can just, he has the ability, if you can just harness it and get some sustainability out of it, he's a really good player. And everyone has struggled to get that out of him every game. But you see little flashes of him being able to be a big-time player. But the rest is just everyone getting greasy, getting dirty, and paying the sacrifice. And they have earned every game that they have played in this postseason. Yeah, to your point about Armia, it reminds me of last year in the postseason against Columbus. The Maple Leafs went up against the Tortorella Columbus team, and everyone said that about Dubois. And that's very complimentary of Armia, but it's like... Dubois, when he's going, look out, he's big, he can finish. That's all the things you say about Armia. Dubois went out against the Leafs and, uh, you know, owned them. Uh, Armia looks like he can be that guy. It's just, this is, they're the most frustrating players in the league. Is how do you turn that on for an 82-game season? Maybe you can't, but, man, it's effective when it is working. Oh. All right, last one, and, and we might have a few other questions for uh, the rest of our guests along the way. But do you think that 3,500 can actually make a difference in a game as opposed to what we just saw in Vegas? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I trying. ask a question, I get an answer. They're trying. They're doing the best they can. But it's, you know, I, even if that kid's there, that the 2,500 will sound like 25,000 kids. Right. I, I support the, uh, the effort and all that. But, I mean, personally, me, I don't think it moves the needle all that much. But, you know, maybe I'm a sad person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will see tonight. Game three coming up. Justin Bourne is sticking around. We've got Elliot Friedman. We've got Max Lapierre. We've got a lot of guests and we will continue to talk about this game. Meanwhile, the Jays are in Baltimore tonight. Robbie Ray taking the hill. Toronto has now lost four straight since that 18 run outburst Sunday against the Red Sox. A lot of them tight games. Team making a roster move today calling up Anthony Kay who Charlie Montoyo says could pitch multiple innings out of the bullpen if needed tonight. Out of the bullpen. As for George Springer and his rehab assignment, he had the day off today and will play seven to nine innings tomorrow before the Jays reevaluate his progress. All right, let's get you to some highlights. International soccer's oldest rivalry resumed today. England-Scotland meeting in Group D action. I don't have to tell you anything about the rivalry between England and Scotland. Most of you know it. The two teams first played each other in 1872 and have played each other annually until 1989 when the series was discontinued because, well, fans couldn't deal with it. Two sides share an island and a nation, but not a soccer team, my friends. So England, Scotland, Euros, 11th minute. England corner, John Stones, woodwork. High and just wide because it stays out. English supporters can't believe it. They're expecting to walk Scotland. 30th minute, though, Stephen O'Donnell. This may have been the best chance of the game. Jordan Pickford, wonderful save to parry it away. Nil-nil at the break. 48th minute, Mason Mount gives it a go from distance. Mount. David Marshall diving stop. It was a rocket, but he should stop that. England, Scotland draw at Wembley, which has to feel like a win for Scotland. 
All right, let's continue. Group E, Sweden and Slovakia. 77th minute, no score. Sweden penalty kick to put them ahead. Emil Forsberg, love, peace, and hair grease. That's one. That's enough. That's the shortest highlight pack I've ever done. 1-0 Sweden is your final. Group D, Croatia, Czech Republic. 33rd minute, Dejan Lovren catches Patrick Schick with an elbow inside the area. Play goes on, VAR reviews. How about yellow card? How about penalty? And Schick, who has had his face busted open, says, clean me up, put me in, and he finishes. Third goal of the tournament. He has looked wonderful, even with the bloody nose. 47th minute, Ivan Perisic cuts it in and fires it home. Keeps their group stage hopes alive with a 1-1 draw for Croatia and the Czech Republic. All right, some more highlights for you, and we are flipping from one patch of grass to another. This one in the San Diego area. And you know what sta San Diego stands for? Never mind. Par 4 fourth, Richard Bland, a 48-year-old Englishman, four under, led to a birdie, he had seven birdies, or this was his seventh birdie of the day. 400 to one odds entering the week. 467 clubhouse leader at five under par. Par four tenth, Mackenzie Hughes. Shout out the hammer from Fitty. Good. I know people in Dundas are saying Dundas. It's you know what I'm talking about. Next hole, more from the Canadian. Dundas slash Hamilton. Great touch. Moves him to even par. More Hughes. Is this because he's sponsored by the score? Par 4, 12. Only player to birdie 10, 11, and 12 consecutively. We have another idiot. We saw this earlier this week. Not landing on the course. Either way. All right. England soccer team may have been a letdown, but an Englishman on top of the leaderboard at the U.S. Open and a 48-year-old Richard Bland. Not so Bland second round. That 4-under 67, he leads the way. 5-under par. Maybe it's coming home after all. It's a way to make the English feel better after you draw Scotland. It is the calm before the storm at the Bell Center. It may not be Vegas capacity, but it is expected to be loud in that building tonight. Even though Justin doesn't think it'll make a difference. <laughs> Elliot Friedman next here on Tim and Friends with Justin Borden. This is Tim and Friends ahead of game three between the Montreal Canadiens and the Golden Knights. After gaining the split in Vegas, Habs look to take a 2-1 series lead. Montreal overlooked in their series with Toronto. Dismissed in their series with Winnipeg. Now have stolen home ice advantage off Vegas. One person who hasn't stopped believing in them, Mark Bergevin, who was named a finalist for the GM of the year yesterday. Earlier today, Brendan Gallagher said Bergevin deserves all the credit that he's getting. Well, the one thing about Berge, um, if he if he really believes in something, uh, nothing's going to stand in his way of doing it. And you know, he had a vision of what our team could look like. He's you know, obviously put in uh, a ton of work uh, in the off season to, to build this group, uh, had some ups and downs, but I think it's, um, you know, you can see what he saw uh, and he's, he's getting a lot of credit because he deserves that. He, he worked incredibly hard. 
Um, he's always had a, a tremendous amount of passion for our group. He believes in believes in character. He believes in in hard work, and um, I think that's everything that our team embodies is is uh, kind of what he believes in. So he, you know, I'm very happy for him. He obviously deserves it. Um, you know, I, I I hope he wins it because I I feel like um, you know he you know he takes a lot of heat. Uh, obviously, living in a market like this, but. Uh, you know, he doesn't really care. He just kind of goes out and makes the decisions that he thinks is going to be best for a hockey club. And as a player, that's what you want. Tim McAuliffe, Justin Bourne, counting you down to game number three. We're now joined by Elliot Friedman from the Mothership. Time now for 3 of 31, brought to you by the GMC Sierra AT4, the premium off-road pickup truck built for adventure. And Friedge, as I hear Gallagher speaking about Mark Bergevin, my mind goes back to 3-1 Toronto and what was going to happen to Bergevin a couple OT goals later, and that's how fine the line is in sports sometimes. It's so true, and you know, Tim, I had a vote for the GM of the year this year, and there were six people uh, I really considered strongly, and Bergevin was one of them, and I, I kind of, I thought about that a lot. I, I weighed that a lot, about the fact that, you know, I don't know how many days it is ago. I can't. I don't even know what day it is anymore. <laughs> but it was. We were. They were trying to run him out of town. Like even the Canadians and their fans were. So, you know, it was. It's very weird how things change so quickly, and the only thing that matters is results. That's all people remember. They don't remember process. They simply remember results. Uh, Fridge, I just realized as you were talking, we are wearing the same suit. It is a team really? suit. I think it's pretty damn close. Yours same might be a little... hairstyle today. It's not the same hairstyle, uh, <laughs> but the same suit. It might be a little different shade of blue, but it's pretty damn close. I'll tell you that much. Justin, someday you'll graduate to the good suits. <laughs> <laughs> Deb Berman, if you're listening. I kind of like what I got on here, Fridge. Um, okay, that's one of you. <laughs> Says fashion guru over there, Guy Mr. Works Blackwell. I for an hour now, and he's a cool kid in school. Don't stuff me into a locker, Fridge. Um... I got to ask, what's the deal with the voting in the GM thing or for the GMs after two rounds of playoffs? Like yeah. either G playoffs matter or they don't matter. What's with the timing? <laughs> you know, I, I got to tell you, Justin, every every interview I've done since that was announced, everybody brings that up. I might I must be the only person who actually likes the fact that it's different. Um, everybody says the same thing you do, like how dumb is this? And, and my response is, you know, we have awards that only count in the regular season, and every time, you know, the, the, war the winners are announced, people say, oh, they're already gone by the second round of the playoffs. How stupid is this? And then we've got an award for the Conn Smythe winner, the MVP of the playoffs, and, you know, people always have their beefs about, you know, who wins that. And now we have an award for after the second round of the playoffs, and everybody rips that. So, you know, I like it's a little bit different. I like, good I, I like that this year, <laughs> yeah, it's true, nothing's yeah, good enough. No, Everybody's no, going to hate something. <laughs> but the other thing, too, is I like that this year, though, it wasn't just three of the final four. They actually went off the board with one guy whose team had a good regular season in Bill Zito. I'll, I'll say also this, Bill Guerin was on my radar. I like the fact it just wasn't pick three of the four finalists and leave out the one guy we all can't stand. 
<laughs> Elliot Friedman joining us here uh, from downtown Toronto, and we are a little uptown Toronto. Uh, let me ask you this, Fridge. Obviously, the news of the day centers around Dominic Ducharme. Yeah. Has the NHL gone through any extra testing? Have you heard anything that makes you feel a little bit more comfortable that all the players are in a good spot and we're not going to have something like we saw in Vancouver where one guy gets pulled out and then all of a sudden we have more? And obviously, the vaccination cases are different here. Well, you know, I think, Tim, that I, there's definitely a nervousness. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't escape that. And the next couple of days, the next 24 to 48 hours, you know, I, I think are going to be nerve-wracking. But, you know, they do Charm's test. They got the results back this morning. He took it yesterday morning. It's the PCR test, so it takes 24 hours. It's the best of all the available tests. And as you saw by the NHL statement, they retested everyone else, and they all came back negative. There's no players on the COVID list today. So, you know, you're the most secure, I guess you could be. You know, you talk about the Vancouver situation. Uh, that was an extremely aggressive uh, strain of the virus. Um, you know, right now, they, you know, don't forget that after Josh Levo with Calgary, yeah. he tested positive, and Mark Bergevin mentioned his name in his media conference. You know, with Calgary, when, when they informed the league that Josh, Josh Levo tested positive, they told the league, they, the league said, retest everybody. And they did, and there were no other positives, and there were no other positives later. So that's kind of the situation that they're looking at from here. I mean, we're all hoping. There's no question about it, Tim. Like I said, the next 24 to 48 hours are going to be nerve-wracking. But at this point in time, there's nothing else. And, you know, we also know, as Bergevin said, Quebec Health had a vote on whether or not this game was going to be played. And at, to this point in time, they've said yes. Fridge, things have changed in the Ducharme world. Like, this has caused me to reflect on his relationship with that team a little bit. I would say after the regular season, I wasn't seeing a whole Twitter brigade saying, get this guy a contract. After what they've done in the postseason, is it safe to say he's the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens to come? I think so. Yeah. You know, I do believe, Justin, that, and, and we've talked about this, that Mark Bergevin has been talking about an extension for some time. I, I believe there is an extension on the table for him. I think the only reason that may not have happened was that Bergevin might have just said, you know what, I'm burnt out and I don't want to do this anymore. Um, you know, we'll see where it goes at the end of the, at the end. He, he certainly looked in those highlights that you showed a couple minutes ago pretty, <laughs> pretty out. happy and pretty <laughs> excited. But, you know, I think if, Ber, if Ber, assuming Bergevin is staying, I think Ducharme's going to be staying too. So Ducharme is out, and I can't help but think of the nerves that are going through that room for the next 24 and 48 hours. And as a professional athlete, you're taught to tune all of that noise out, go out there and play. But Fridge, starts have been so huge yeah. for Montreal, and it's been a topic of conversation. I heard Alex Petrangelo talking about it with Vegas. It's gone the other way with Vegas. It still seems like this is a huge part of tonight's game, the start, and you wonder what all of this noise could do to the Montreal room. Well, I think the start is huge. Montreal started better in both games. And in the first one, they couldn't hold on because of the penalties. In the second one, they did. But I just think, you know, first of all, players always joke, we don't really need coaches anyway. So, you know, this is a chance for Montreal to prove it. Um, but... I just think that that's an incredibly professional group, and I, I think they understand that there's a a way they have to play. You know, I, you know, Justin, I know your attachment to the Islanders. I've been calling the Canadians Islanders light. Yeah. 
Um, they, they have a system. They stick to the system. They make it very hard to get through them. They're pretty disciplined. They have an, a human eraser on the back end who's at the absolute top of his game. And they've got skilled players who can score if you give them the opportunity. And I think they've decided that that is the recipe that they need to be successful. They're committed to that recipe and they will stay with it. You know, the one thing I'm curious about Richardson tonight, I was wondering if he would coach or Burroughs would. And the reason I was thinking that maybe Richardson wouldn't be the head coach is there it's the interesting way they use their D you know four out of the six play a lot they mix five and six a, a bit they don't like to play them together a lot and I thought maybe Richardson would stick with that because it's been an important mix on how to handle that for the Canadians but I just think those players understand there's a certain way they have to play to win and if they don't play that way they're not going to be successful and I don't think that changes simply because the head coach isn't there. On that Hab side, has anyone on that roster changed your perception of them with this postseason run? And, you know, we talked about Armia a little bit earlier in the show. Is there mm -hmm. anyone, maybe he's a guy, anyone else that changed uh, how you think about their future going forward? I, I don't know if I would, you know, I, I would say that maybe Byron, just in the sense that, you know, he was... He scored some big goals for them. He's been big at big times. And I, I just think that when you look at the, they, they put him on waivers, I think a couple times this year, you know, they probably don't protect him. But still, you know, I think that Byron's a guy who, considering he was in a roster squeeze during the season, he's been very valuable for them during the playoffs. And, you know, I'm happy for it. He beat a lot of odds to get where he is. And uh, I'm happy to see the way he's performed during these playoffs. I'll tell you what, if the Habs take the cues from their leaders, uh, I don't know if there's any more cool, common, collected than Shea Weber and Carey Price. Yeah. Uh, same can be said about Elliot Friedman, who joined us for 3 of 31. Appreciate it, buddy. I think that them and their families would be vomiting that you just put me in the same class. <laughs> I just meant in the cool, common, collected category, Fridge. Uh, appreciate it, buddy. Have All a good right, game. Guys, take care. Enjoy Thanks, the game Fridge. tonight. Me too. There's uh, Elliot Friedman. He will be part of our broadcast tonight. Jesse and I were talking about that earlier, though. Those two guys specifically. Like, if you're looking in the room for someone to take control and you just see that, like, I'll never forget Price with, uh, with Kyle Bukoskis yeah. after Game 7 against the Leafs. And yeah. he was just like, yeah, you know, we played a pretty good game. And <laughs> just waiting at a traffic light for it to turn. Like, oh, yeah, it was game seven. Yeah, okay, yeah. carry on. Yeah. No big deal. All right, time for the break. Uh, I thought Fridays were supposed to be mail it in. Jam-packed, my friends. Lots of moving parts. We'll try and lighten things up after the break. Max Lapierre joins us. It's Justin, Tim, Jesse, and friends. I guess it's Tim and friends. <laughs> Welcome back to Tim and Friends. Habs Golden Knights Game 3 coming up tonight on Sportsnet. Just lock it and load it, kids. We are good to go. They'll be ready in Montreal. 3,500 will feel like you know the rest of it. <laughs> Head coach Dominic Ducharme will not be available after testing positive for COVID-19. That is the big story of the day. Our next guest is a former Habs forward turned broadcaster. And Maxime Lapierre, along with Guillaume Latendresse, is the co-host of a podcast that I'm not going to pronounce because I'm an Anglo and it doesn't sound the same way coming out of my, my mouth. However, these two have become cult heroes among Habs fans, in part because of this dance that Guillaume started in the playoffs that seems to be bringing the team a little bit of luck. 
I believe the sound effects were uh, provided by our next guest joining us from the Centre Bell in Montreal is Max Lapierre. Max, thanks a lot for doing this. And is it true? Were those sound effects from you? <laughs> yes, that was my sound effect. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, nowadays I'm, uh, I'm out of shape, guys. I cannot dance anymore. So <laughs> I let the athlete do the work. <laughs> yeah, it looked like an athlete at work. I'll tell you that much. Uh, it seems like uh, the whole, I mean, outside of the news of today, and we'll get to that, but outside of the news of today, it seems like this run, it seems like the reason why Guillaume's dance has kind of captured everybody is this seems like a real fun time to be a Habs fan. Yeah, obviously, I think we, we got a great team and we went through so much this year. I mean, uh, really good start, uh, first 10 games of the season, then tough one. We had a long stretch. We didn't know what team we had, kind of a bipolar team a little bit. Some nights we were really good, some nights really, really bad. And then we didn't know what to expect in the playoffs. And then we start against the Leaf. We're down 3-1 in the series and we were just ready to close the books and say we the, the bad team showed up for playoffs. And uh, out of nowhere, the team starts playing well. Carey Price is unbelievable in that. And we go and beat the Leafs. And then uh, the Jets in four, which was uh, a pretty big surprise as well because the Jets lost Shifley but they didn't lose a, the whole team you know they, they, they still had a really good lineup and now we're here in the, in the Stanley Cup uh, semifinals they're playing Vegas they're playing really well I think they they, they finally bought the, the 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 system from Dominic Ducharme and everybody is accepting their roles now Max, the, the problem for people like myself, like sometimes I have to write a preview for the series, and I'm like, okay, I think Vegas is better on D. I like Vegas here. I like Vegas there. But Montreal just keeps winning games, and they've done that against every opponent in the postseason. What am I missing about the Habs that make them so uh, so good? Is there some intangible factor that I, I must be missing out on? Yeah, for one word for me, I think they're really patient. Yeah. They're, they're in their structure. They're just waiting for the other teams to come at them and wait for a mistake. And then they score a big goal and Carey Price is in the back. I, I don't know if you know this, but when you pay for, for the other team and you're down one nothing, 2 nothing, you look on the other side of the ice, you're facing Carey Price. Uh, seems like a bigger mountain than it is to, to climb. And uh, this is how they've been playing. They, they're not here to put on a show. They're, they're, they're here to be structured, to play well defensively. Uh, we cannot say we have a superstar in front that can score goals every night that's not the case we just have four good lines veterans that won the Stanley Cup uh, young guys that are fighting for uh, a spot in the line in the lineup and they're they, they have been unbelievable in the in their structure Max Lapierre joining us here on Tim and Friends from the Bell Center uh, Max I know what I'm saying when I ask this question but is this the best that you've seen Carey Price play 100 percent the yeah. last time i've seen a performance for him that was that good was when i won the cup in hamilton with him in the in the minors he was just dialed in uh this guy is focused i think he wants to prove a lot because don't forget that the veterans here the during the summer they asked for good players they wanted to have a team that can compete every night uh they they now had to, to perform and they're doing it shea weber is doing it the gallagher is playing well guys like Kerry price obviously wants to finally show the league that every every year the players are saying he's the best goalie in the league wants to finally show that he can win in the playoff and I think now he's, he's just enjoying because I've been saying it since the day one there's always Carey Price that stops the puck and there's Carey Price that stops the puck with a smile and right now he's the one with the smile so that's a uh, that's bad news for the other team and the wink 
That's a nice move. The, uh, the, and wink. the wink. Yeah. There's another guy for the Habs who's been getting a ton of minutes who I don't think nationally people talk a lot about, and that's Ben Sherrod. He played almost 28 minutes last game for this team. I mean, is this guy better than the rest of the league is aware? Is he not unbelievable, right? Yeah. He's, uh, this guy is a big boy. He's skating. He's physical every game. He's making room in front of the net for Carey Price. He's always been there to go get the momentum during a, a game. I think when the team is going bad, he's always there to give a big hit, maybe a fight, maybe a slash, anything. But he's dialed in since day one. This guy has been, I would say, with Joel Edmondson, one of the best defensemen for the team all season long. And uh, obviously, he's, he's getting a lot more ice time since game five against the Leafs. Uh, our top four is playing big minutes, and uh, so far they're doing really well. All right, we've had a lot of guests on the show talking about this game, but I saved this question for you. Vegas has four Quebecois players on this team, uh, and even with 3,500, maybe not uh, the friends and family in, in attendance uh, when there's 20,000-plus at the Bell Centre, is there still a bump or maybe some pressure on guys like Fleury, Marcheseau, Carrier, and Wah? Yeah, obviously, I think, you know, all your friends are watching on TV or they might be here in the building. It's always special, guys. When you walk in the building, you look on top and you see all the jerseys, you see the Stanley Cups. It's a special vibe to walk at the Bell Center. And for those guys, obviously, it's a special moment. You have the chance to beat the Canadians and maybe go to the Stanley Cup Finals. It must be a lot of pressure for them, but I'm sure they're enjoying it. They're great players. They show up every game. I think these guys have been unreal on the other side. They're physical. They play well. They know how to win. I think Vegas has been there for a few years now and it's uh, in their dressing room they possibly think that it's their time to go to the finals and win it all uh, obviously for these guys tonight there's a lot of pressure how about the play of the veterans on the Canadians I'm thinking of Corey Perry and Eric Stahl going you know through this season I think they've been big surprises in the postseason that they've been such important contributors for this Habs team Unreal. These guys are flying on the ice. They look like they're 20 again, and uh, they've been playing so well. If, if you notice, every game, uh, it's a tight game. Both teams are playing well defensively, and then there's that line that comes on the ice, and it feels like they always go and get the momentum. They score a big goal. They have a big shift. They drop penalty. They, this, they've been there here for their team all, uh, all playoffs long, and for me, I think they should get a little more ice time. Obviously, they're 36 years old. We think it's old, but I think these guys could play more than 13 minutes a night. I, I think they could go all the way to 15, 16, 17 minutes even because they're so effective. They're good. They're physical. They're tough to play against. They're really good defensively and they always at times score some big goals. All right, we've talked obviously a ton about Dominic Ducharme and his absence because of COVID-19, but I got to get your opinion. You've been around this team the entire year working on TVA with the uh, the biggest podcast in Quebec. What do you think uh, the, the absence of of Dominic Ducharme, what's the biggest challenge for this team without him on the bench tonight? Well, listen, you don't want to you don't want it to be a distraction. Obviously, you want uh, Dominic Ducharme to to be better, to feel better. That that's the first step, but then you cannot let that be a distraction. I'm expecting guys like Shea Weber, Corey Perry maybe get up in the dressing room say, "Hey guys, there's no excuses tonight. It's not because the coach is not in the dressing room. Uh, you you scout the team before the playoffs. You know what you have to do. You know their system. You already played twice against Vegas. You know what to expect. So now you just have to go and play your game. Obviously, there's going to be a little different and in behind the bench and the voice coming in your ear it's a little different but you cannot let that uh, distract you from the game these guys are professionals there's a lot of veterans and I think when Mark Bergevin went and got those uh, those veterans this year it's exactly for moments like that you know there's a storm right now tonight in Montreal but the focus is still to win the hockey game 
All right, Max, uh, before we let you go, an all-important question here. Does Guillaume dance before tonight's game, and do you have to provide the beats? He is not dancing tonight. He's on a lower body injury, so he, <laughs> right. will, skip, he will skip that one. Yeah. We don't know when we, we will be back, but we didn't do it last game, and we won, so we'll keep it that way. <laughs> All right, so lower body injury. We're not, we're not getting any more information <laughs> on that. This is like the NHL. Playoff hockey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, merci beaucoup. Thank you very much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. There's Maxime Lapierre from uh, the Bell Center ahead of Game 3. Uh, you're not dancing like that, eh? Oh, my Lord. Uh, no, that's not me. All of my LBIs, I just <laughs> your, eat. Yeah. Your UBI, your, your yeah. LBI, yeah. all of your BIs. Just a general BI, GBI, <laughs> <You're right. laughs> if I dance like that. Jesse? No, I hurt my back, like, oh, just right. moving I, last I week. I forgot about that. No. He played yeah. golf. He was walking. I don't dance like that. pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was bad. Tough it's day. Tough. Yeah, right. tough day. <laughs> Coming up after the break. We'll do a little last call, but it's an early last call for some of you. We're saying goodbye on Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet 590, the fan. But we'll be with you until 730 Eastern. Flip over to Sportsnet for Tim and Friends.